Prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes. For it's dangerous to go alone. This is the Legend of Retro. September 10th, 7 a.m. It's been two days since the zombies broke into the Legend of Retro studio. In 72 hours, the military plans to do an airstrike, wiping out everything within five miles. We need to uncover the truth before it's too late. With me is Chops and Xander. We must use these weapons to defeat anything that comes our way. Xander, I found orange. a teddy bear in a purse. What do you have? I've got orange juice and a shower head. Chops, what do you have? Uh, I got a shopping cart and a lawnmower. I think we're ready, boys. We're, we've covered wars, you know. We're here for Dead Rising. That's right. Dead Rising is what we're here to talk about, which was released on August 8th, 2006 by Capcom, directed by Yoshinori Kawano, and produced by Kaiji Inafune. Yeah, Kaiji Inafune. Who's he, that guy? Uh... Are you kidding? <laughs> yes, I am kidding. <laughs> So you just have a horrible memory sometimes. Uh, so I just sometimes I, I just... do, I do. This is 2006, so he was he hasn't made a Mega Man game quite some time, right? Negative. In yeah. 2006, I think the last Mega Man game that were released may have been in 2002. Not, did... I mean, not counting like the Mega Man Battle Network stuff. That's what I was going to uh... ask. Did he do any of the Battle Network? I can't remember. Uh, I think it would have been the 2002 port for the Game Boy Advance of Mega Man and Base. Oh, okay. R.I.P. K.G. Nafune. He's not dead, but, uh, <laughs> you know, he left behind a legacy that got pooped on. But anyways, we're not talking about Mega Man. But we could, but we're not. We could, we're because about he's in this game. Yeah, there's a lot of references in this I game. I mean, it is Capcom. Mm-hmm. But the story goes, thing. basically, that, what, he they were making Resident Evil 4, and he wasn't happy about the way the zombies looked in this game, and he kind of wanted to go back to the traditional view, right? You know, I don't I don't know about that. I just know that uh, Capcom was like, well, let's just make a zombie game, I guess. Let's try to have a, a new IP, and, and here we go. No, yeah, I think it had to do with the fact that they, weren't, they were trying to make a Resident Evil 4, and it just didn't turn out how they wanted it to, and they, and they pushed it towards a new IP. I think that's what it was. No. So, yeah, they made Resident Evil 4... Uh, Infune wanted like the old B movie type of zombies and wanted it to just be like a fun adventure game. So he kind of just worked on that on the side while they were finishing up Resident Evil Four. Oh, and okay. uh, I mean, the I feel like the game hit it off pretty fast too. I, wasn't this like everybody? Almost, almost every Xbox 360 user had played this game. Yeah, I, it got it got a weird. So, so there's some action movie or uh, zombie movies that get those cult followings real quick. Shaun of the Dead, being one of them, and, and that's what this felt like. It felt like it got a cult following fast and hit popularity fast, and and I I think it was mostly I would assume because at the time Xbox was one of the most affordable systems. It was the most I would think it was pretty popular at that time too. Um. And well, Xbox 360 was the first of these uh, this generation of consoles to come out by about a year, so a lot yeah. of people had this. And so and they were, were looking for a dumb, fun, violent game to play, and here you go. Exactly. It also had a demo that a free demo that was available that gave a lot of people a chance to kind of check it out. So 
it garnered a lot of fans that way as well. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it was making the a second zombie most... game is going to sell. Yeah. Right. It was the second most downloaded demo on Xbox. Wow. Next to too. what? What was the first? Man, I did not look that up. <laughs> oh, gosh. Dang it, Tony. looked up. Let's see, 2006. But that's not what Dead Rising is. Yes, maybe. Maybe Halo 3? That would have been out. Well, we'll never know because no one's looking it up. But let's go back to Dead no, Rising. No one's looking it up. Who's looking it up? <laughs> so, where, where would you guys like to start on on Dead Rising? Well, um, you kind of summarized like somewhat of the plot in the in the intro. Um, why don't we go into what the game is is about, and then we can kind of get into some details on it. Yeah. So, I mean, the plot. Well, you start the game. There's a 72 hour mode. And basically, you're Frank West, who's a photojournalist. Uh, he gets this big tip that there's something going on in Wilmette, Colorado, at a mall. So he flies in and drops down into the mall. And in order to find out stuff, you have to solve cases. You meet, um, was it Jesse, Bert, our agents for the government? Agents? I don't know. Uh, Xander? I'm still looking up the demo thing. <laughs> yeah, I could tell you weren't paying attention, <laughs> Xander. Come on, focus. I don't want to. Um, ba- okay, you guys are being awful in this episode. And I don't even like this game as much as you guys do. I've Why played do you it keep the least. for these games that you don't like? I, what? Why do you keep coming on the show for these games? Because you, you like? guys invite me, so I join. I don't even remember how much I've played of this game. I'm pretty sure your name was on the list for this game. No, I'm glad you're here, chaps. It wasn't. It was, it wasn't. To Dead Rising. I know it, it was totally not on there. Yeah, Anyways, no. <laughs> this game it's 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 a third person kill a bunch of zombies, solve the mystery why you're a photojournalist. That's essentially the plot, and nobody yeah, can spit really, that out of their a, mouth because they weren't paying attention. It's a bad B movie zombie. Or, yes. Uh, yeah adventure and so like the point of it is just like kill zombies in creative ways you have all these weapons to do it and uh literally almost anything you can find can be used to kill them and there's it's capcom so there's a ton of capcom references it's not i mean it's not like a groundbreaking game but it's set forth i mean there's there's now four games in this series if you don't count the two random like uh mini games that came out but it's a solid series of of games to come out from this idea of like i just want a dumb fun zombie adventure yeah, you could basically like choose whatever you want to do in this game. So you could either a follow the rules, you know, uncover the story, find out why there's a zombie outbreak, or you could literally just walk around the mall and beat up zombies with the most ridiculous items you could pick up. Mm-hmm. And and that's what I did. I like, didn't I didn't was, care about the plot. Yeah. That's what I did. Everything was interactive, so you could literally just grab a cash register, break it over their head, and then go get a toy helmet and throw it onto a zombie's head. This is one of your favorite series of games, is it not? So, yes and no. Uh, I fell in love with the series when the second one came out. Mm-hmm. And I probably played the second one more than any game that was on the 360. So that would definitely... I mean, it's definitely in like my top ten favorite games of all time. Uh, they definitely improved a lot from the first one. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, one of the biggest back falls on this game is the AI for the survivors. Yeah. 
So that's you, a you lot can of the go around. Go ahead. Yeah, you can go around in this game and you find just random people throughout the mall, and you can choose to either let them die or you can bring them with you to the safe house, and you earn experience points that way. Mm-hmm. But the people just would walk straight into zombies and just let themselves get eaten all the time. Yeah. You also couldn't arm them, which was really annoying. That was something they added in the later games. You just really had to hope that they would uh, they would stay safe as you were wandering through this this mall. Um, and one thing that they they did to kind of add a sense of dread is I think at any given point in this game there there can be upwards of eight hundred zombies on screen. Holy cow! Yeah. yeah. Really? So it's it's really interesting, like where they're placed too, because there's sometimes you can just literally walk around them like they're not going to be in this certain spot. Like a lot of times they're barely in the water and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, at any at any point there are there are upwards of eight hundred zombies to really kind of give you the sense of like I'm really in this this outbreak. There's all kinds of craziness happening. Yeah. What was the first time you guys played this? Did you guys jump on the demo or or what? How did you how did you get um, introduced to the game? So I uh, had just got my 360. Um, I had Gears of War. I had The Godfather. Those were like the two games I got first off. And then my buddy Dan, who I've mentioned before on the Gears of War episode, you know, he's the one who got me into 360. He had the game and was like, yeah, I'm not really that into it. Um, and let me borrow it. And I played it. And I just like was obsessed with the whole idea of just the sandbox. zombie game. you could do literally whatever you wanted. I mean, the story is whatever it is, but, you know, saving people, earning XP, leveling up, you know, learning new skills, that just felt like a sweet kind of zombie RPG, mostly. Mm-hmm. So uh, I played it probably in uh, in 07, I want to say. it was uh, The game had been out for about a year. Yeah. How about you, Chaps? Um, I was working at Best Buy at the time, and I think I got this game pretty cheap on discount. Um I played it uh, enough to remember the game partially, um, but but like uh, yeah, it it was just a game I think to fill time in between longer games or Halo because at that time mm-hmm. I primarily played Halo on Xbox or Call of Duty and was really just getting into shooters with my friends and then every now and then when I was playing by myself I would pick up this game and play it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I. So Arcade Phantom had the 360 before I did, um, and being the huge zombie fan that he is, like he and I both have a, a a very strong love for Dawn of the Dead from 1978. Uh, we like skipped school to go see the remake, like all sorts of stuff. So this whole idea of zombies in a mall, we were all for it. So when the demo came out, I would go to his place and we made a game out of it because it was only like a like a 10 minute demo i think you could use as a time demo you can only play for a certain amount of time before it would like kick you back and you had to start over and we would see who could get the highest kill counts or who could get to the the katana and then go forward so we were all sorts of amped up about this game and so when it finally came out i would go over and we and it the the story mode was there but again it's it's optional so we like we'd, we'd start to play and then we'd get so sidetracked and all the goofy dumb violence that we would always just realize that oh we've completely missed the mission and now we've got to go back and and start over and i bought my 360 in january of 2007 uh i remember i bought it like the night before my uh brother had his second child and i was i I bought it and i got lost planet and i think dead rising were the first two games i got and i took a week of vacation off after that i told everybody it was because 
hey, I got a new niece, you know, all this. But no, it was because I just bought an Xbox 360. <laughs> <clears throat> and I spent so much time trying to get all the achievements in this game. Lost Planet had just come out, and I was really excited to play that because it was like a game where you had like a grappling hook. I was like, sweet, this is almost like Snowtime Bionic Commando with giant robots. And it got completely pushed by the wayside because of how much I enjoyed Dead Rising. Did you ever go back to, to play it? Uh, I went back to play it a little bit, and I think I got like maybe six missions through that one. But it never grabbed me the same way that Dead Rising did. Even though, like we said, like it, at, at its core, it's a sandbox zombie game. It really shouldn't grab your attention that much. But I just loved trying to do everything I was able to do in that Um having custom soundtracks on the Xbox 360 was really cool, so you could play your own music over the game. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, I did a lot of Streetlight Manifesto while I'm running over zombies under the... <laughs> under the, the um, Oh, that's not emo. Mall to get, that's not emo like, at all. What's that? That's not emo at all. I never said it was. <laughs> um, but yeah, one of the, my first missions when I got the game was I need to get the zombie genocider achievement which is the 53,593 zombies killed or something like that 594 yeah so yeah i got the list of like the the prime achievements that this game had so yeah the zombie genocide was 53,594 zombies um and it would unlock the mega buster or the yeah mega man buster wow and which was probably one of the most op weapons in any oh absolutely <laughs> Because yeah, it, the, it killed every almost it killed almost everything, including bosses. I think in one hit. Yep. So the boss fights in this game are really tough. Uh, you know, the we talk about the survivors AI just being so stupid, but the bosses' health and the way they could block your weapons was, you know, it was so so almost like you're playing hard difficulty the entire time. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you would just take them out in one shot of the Mega Buster. Mm-hmm. But there is. So, did you? You said you got this achievement. Yeah. Now, how did you do it? Did you just do the, like the tunnel? Yeah. So you go under the you go under the uh, under the mall that underground tunnel as quickly as you can to get the yeah. sports car or whatever, and you drive that and just kill zombies until that blows up. And you try to get close enough to another vehicle so you can drive back, yeah. and then you like exit the exit the tunnel, go back in, and start the process over again for like two hours <laughs> for something ridiculous like that. Yeah. Yeah, but um, I was determined to get that right away. There's the max level achievement, so that's when you get you know your level to fifty, mm-hmm. and you would learn the zombie walk, which is probably the stupidest skill in the game. Yeah, why? So, it's so just, like, you just basically it's like it's like that scene in Shaun of the Dead when they realize, oh, we can get to the Winchester, we just have to stumble like a zombie, and they won't notice that it, that we're not zombies. Oh, okay. And so it, you literally just like kind of shamble and move slowly, and then you're just you're like invisible to to the surrounding zombies. Did it actually work in the game? Yeah, huh. I mean it worked, but as soon as you started to walk, the zombies would come attack you. Yeah, yeah that's fair. so you you wouldn't get anywhere because you'd walk so slow. Because yeah, in this game, you you so you have this thing called prestige points. It's the PP points. Mm-hmm. PP and points. That yeah, PP points. That's how you level up. You earn PP points by bringing survivors back to the safe house. You learn it by kills. You learn it by taking photos as well. So they had like a photo rating system, which I was never good at. I couldn't ever figure out how to get like a good photo, except when like there's an interaction, like someone hugging another survivor or something like that. Yeah, I I did enough to get the achievements and I don't think I ever did anything again. Right. 
Um, but there was also these things called PP stickers. Do you remember those? Yeah, so they, um, they're they just little camera icons that have PP over the camera, and they were hidden throughout the game. And if you took pictures of those, then you would it eventually unlock an achievement as well as get boot boost to your, uh, your pictures. Yeah, it was almost like a hide-and-seek kind of thing. And yeah. what I did, uh, like a couple years later, I got I ordered a bunch of decals mm-hmm. that were the camera with the PP on them, and mm-hmm. I went and stuck them around different places in Metro Detroit. Nice. Like in Livonia area. And actually, like a lot of them are still there. So if you are driving down 275 and you get off at the Ford Road exit, uh-huh. on the left only turn sign, there's a PP sign. Still nice. There. But I used I'll to like to go take... to Targets and like put them on places. Like places <laughs> where I thought like video game people would see them, like GameStops. Yeah. But I think all of them got, got taken down. I put like a dozen up at one point. You're, I remember the first time handle. I came over to your house for the Morelli video game tournament. Uh, I, went, I used your bathroom in the basement and I turned and I saw that. Yeah. I was like, sweet. I took a picture with it, and I think I sent it to you later. Like, did yeah. I get bonus points? <laughs> like, I didn't win the tournament, but this had to at least bump up my rating a little. It didn't. I know, but I kind of wish it would have. He's a stickler uh, for also, the rules. There was also the Saint achievement, which was collecting, uh, saving all 50 survivors. Yep. Which is terrible. Yes. Um, and you unlocked a cop hat. Like, that's what you get for saving all these people and spending the most irritating achievement possible. Yeah. The other, um, the other thing with with the achievements I want to touch on real quick is yeah. that they, you can tell it was early in the Xbox life cycle because every single achievement is worth exactly twenty points. Yeah, I remember that. Like yeah. the easy achievements were twenty, but even the hard ones, like the hardest one, which I still never got, was the seven day survivor. Yep. So after you beat the game, uh, you unlock. If you do the story mode, you unlock overtime. So if you do the story correctly, you unlock all the cases. You unlock overtime, which is almost like an additional part to the actual story. Yeah. And if you complete that, then you unlock infinite mode, which is just a sandbox, more you know, more sandbox where you don't have the missions, but everyone is against you. So even the survivors try to attack you, and your ha- your um, your health continually goes down. Yeah, like every hundred seconds or something like that. And you have to last seven days in the game, which is. 14 hours of straight gameplay. You can't yep. save the game. Yeah. Oh my god, you can't really? can't come back to it. Yep. Jeez. You literally have to play the game for 14 hours. No thanks. Keep yourself alive in order to get this achievement. And what do you unlock? I don't remember. Sir Arthur's Boxers from Super Ghouls. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's it? So that's what arcade, you get. Arcade Phantom uh, from Noiseland Arcade has this achievement. Oh, he, he has did. Every, he has every single achievement in this game. The only wow. two I don't have are the f- uh, five and seven day survivors. Uh, I got the five day survivor, and then something. I think I lost power. Like it was something beyond my control that I it was the reason why I didn't get the seven day survivor. Oh my god! See, that's my nightmare because I I spent like an hour playing the game on infinity mode and then i died and i was like there's no way i'm I'm not gonna try and do this this is stupid like i know there's like ways to gather food and like use juices and magazines to help you out but yeah so sean's technique uh sean aka arcade phantom was to grab all the magazines that boosted your the amount of food you or health you got from food items and grab as much orange juice as his inventory would allow and then he would run to uh, outside in the pavilion and jump on top of one of the shelters and no zombies could touch you there. 
So he would just like sit there and do whatever he like. He would have a second screen in, in his his room or his wherever he was playing, and watch whatever he wanted. And like he'd have a little timer that would go off, like oh, time to drink some orange juice. Oh my god, time to drink some orange juice. <laughs> and then he would be like, oh, I'm out of, I'm almost out of orange juice. Let me run back in, stock up, and come back. Right. And I remember the grocery store was was closed for that. You couldn't get into the grocery store in Infinity Mode. Yeah. Um, I'm looking it up. I'm actually, I don't have the five-day survivor, so I must have gotten like four days or something very close to five-day and something gotcha. kicked out. Um, and then I was just like, I kind of stopped. And I'm missing ten achievements in this game. So I'm missing escort eight survivors at once, escort okay. eight female survivors, collect all the portraits, get 50 survivors out of the mall, photograph 50 survivors, photograph ten psychopaths, find all the PP stickers, answer all the calls from Otis and the five and seven day survivor. Oh my God. Otis. I could not stand Otis in this game. Yeah. So Otis is, is your contact. He's a, he's a mall security guard who uh, gives you a walkie talkie and randomly throughout the game, he'll say like, Hey, there's a survivor here. You should go check it out. Try to help these people out. Or, Hey, I noticed uh, someone is here. He tells you where the boss fights were and stuff like that. But it would just be a a pop-up thing and you could miss them. Like if you didn't answer them in time, if you didn't hit right on the, uh, the directional pad you would just straight up miss the call yeah and you couldn't like attack or move or anything what's happening so like he calls you you take this phone call and a zombie attacks you he you have to take the phone call again and the whole dialogue starts right back over yep he'd be like oh man we got disconnected let me start back over oh yes yeah. <laughs> you'd have to say the whole thing right over again and it, yeah it would slow you down it was so annoying too yeah, I got all the achievements for Dead Rising 2, and after I did that, I was like, I'm going to go back and I'm going to get all the achievements in Dead Rising 1. And the way the game has aged, especially after playing Dead Rising 2, yeah. it's almost impossible. It's like, like going I back could... to play Gears 1 after you played the you know the newer ones, and you're like, wait, you can't crawl when you're down? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of, and just some of the controls are a little bit weird. I think if I were to just not play Dead Rising for a very long time, I could probably go back and then maybe muster up the courage to do it. But after playing how well and how how finely crafted Dead Rising 2 was, going back to this is, a, is so difficult. Yeah. Did um, you guys ever play the Wii port? No, that chop till you drop chop or something? Chop till you drop? No, yeah. I never played that one. So I didn't. did an interesting... I, I didn't think you would because you didn't really care for the game to begin with. Yep. They did I, just wanted to rem- I just wanted to remind people I was here. Yeah. Good to have you, LBJ, in the Mega Man X episode. Thank you. Um, they uh, they they decided to do it after the, the success of the Resident Evil 4 port. And so they changed the controls where it focuses so much more on gunplay. And, like, zombies will drop ammo. But also because it was on the Wii, which wasn't as powerful as the 360, not nearly as many zombies would show up. So you just had a very... Like, if you look at screenshots or videos from Chop to You Drop, it's it's like a very small amount of zombies on the screen at any given time. Like, you go from 800 to maybe 100. (laughs) I mean, at least that would make escorting the the survivors a lot easier yeah they also blocked off certain points like certain like the in the main area of the mall where it was like that that very narrow strip of uh land which you could always go in the water that surrounded it you yeah. can't get into the water like certain things were like literally barricaded yeah. off to make you force you go through these more narrow spots that the the limited amount of zombies felt more threatening yeah. weird but they also took away the photography mode and chop till you drop so the only time you took pictures was like when it was in the story. I feel like it'd be more fun with the the motion sensing to be actually leave that part in. 
Well, that's yeah. the thing I've, I've I've heard is that the game is actually it's like people kind of crap on it because like oh you you kind of cut out all these these spaces and the amount of zombies, but gameplay wise it actually feels better than the original Dead Rising. Hmm. But uh, I I played very little of it just because again like Dead Rising Two had been out at that point and <laughs> yeah. I wasn't playing a lot of my Wii at that time. So something that really pulled me into this game too that I appreciated was the different endings that it had. Yeah, there's like six different endings. Yeah, so there's six. Chops, did you know there were six different endings? Yes, when I looked up and did my research, I found that there were six different endings. Yeah, I figured you you knew that. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, do you want me to go through them, Tony? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, enlighten us. Yeah, Yeah, well, there is... um, If you complete all the case files in overtime mode, it leads to the game's canonical ending uh, in terms of, like, the story and stuff. Um, and that's what, him getting picked up in the helicopter and rescuing all the people, right? He's able to manage, he's able to report the incident. Yep. And in, tell the truth of Carlito's orphans. In ending B, if you're at the helipad when the time expires, but you don't get all the case files, um, Frank returns for his pickup by Ed and then convinces him to airlift survivors he rescued out of the mall. But in, but in afterwards, there's a scene where the cause of the outbreak still is unknown, um, and that other outbreaks actually start happening in throughout other cities of the United States. Um, ending C is if you get all the case files done, but you don't talk to Isabella at 10 a.m. on the third day, uh, Frank does not show up on the rooftop, uh, Ed, who's there to pick him up, is disappointed. And then watching from another rooftop, um, Ed gets killed by a zombie. Um, and it reveals that Willamette was quarantined because of an unspecified disease, and no one was able to contradict this to the true story because the peeps were dead. No. You want me to keep going on all of them? Yeah, I think there's what? Two, the, three, three more. Ending yeah. D. You get captured by the special forces, don't escape when the time is expired, Frank is taken away by the military in a helicopter, and then um, you later see that it was revealed uh, that a cover-up story, um, that the city was cited there to clean up incidents uh, of, series of incidents in Willamette, but nothing was disclosed of like what the incidents were. Ending E, if you don't get any of the case files done, you don't show up on the helipad, Ed waits for Frank, and when he's about to leave, um, he spots Otis opening a roof uh, access door, steps outside, uh, and step along with Otis is Jesse and any of the survivors who Frank had rescued, leading Ed to transporting them to safety, and then you find out that the survivors credit Frank for like being um, a hero for saving them, but nobody knows what happened to him. No. And the last one is if you failed to gather all of Carlito's bombs in time. The bomb, the bomb t- uh, timer counts down to zero and then the screen goes white and it shows an explosion occurring in the mall and it reveals that uh, Carlito's plan with the explosives were successful leading to the United States to suffer a widespread zombie pandemic a few days later. Yep. And that's something we didn't really talk about. So Carlito... And Isabella were uh, citizens of Santa Cabeza, mm-hmm. and it, they had like a, the United States had like a research facility in there where they were doing testing on cattle, and they found out that this wasp they were using would help mass produce this cattle and like you know make it make it you know fend more meat, 
But then they ended up finding out that the cattle were becoming zombified. Then one of the bees got out, got into the village, and the whole town got wiped out by the military because they didn't want it to go any further. So Carlito and Isabella came to Willamette and were planning on unleashing, or they did. They unleashed the the zombie larva into the community, and that's how the zombies destroyed the town. All from a bee. Pesty bees. That's why they're no longer around anymore, because people were afraid of the zombie outbreak. This game is solely responsible for the decline of the bee population. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Uh, I want to talk about the Easter eggs, because there are a ton in this game. Yes, there are. Do we have enough Um, time? Yes, we do. just kidding. We're we're going the distance with this one. Uh, There's, obviously, if you don't know this one, you're crazy, there's a store in the game called Jill Sandwiches. Yep, that was the first one I ever noticed. Yep, which is referenced to uh, Resident Evil 1 when Jill Valentine and Barry Burton, he says to her, you were almost a Jill Sandwich. After almost getting crushed in that room with the ceiling that was coming down. Yep. Um, In the bookstore, there's a book called Rock's Man. Uh, there's also a book called The Biography of Kenzo Tetsumoto, who is the chairman and CEO of Catcom. Uh, at the theater, there is a Mega Man 2 and a Beautiful Joe poster. Oh. And, and then one that I never noticed and I thought it was crazy, uh, Frank looks at his watch all the time. Whenever you want to look at the time or look at your missions, you look at your watch, it shows the time and stuff. Uh, in the very top is the Mega Man logo. It says Mega Man on his watch at the very top. You know, like how it would say, yeah, like, like Timex, the brand, or yeah, Timex or something, whatever brand watch it is. It says Mega Man. I oh, don't nice. know that I, I don't remember noticing that, but I'm sure yeah. I would have seen it at a certain point. Well, because you're always, I mean, whenever you're looking at the the clock, you're always like, all right, what missions do I have to do? So I feel like I never really paid attention to his watch before. Mm-hmm. So that was surprising. Now, um, did this one also have? And I, I this is the the drawback of playing so much Dead Rising too. Did this one also have Wily Travels, or was that just specifically in... No, that was two. Yeah, that was the poster, Wily Travels. Yeah. That was in two. Yep, I remember that one. Yeah, because I remember um, that was, like, it was Albert's Apparel and then Wily Travels. So you had Albert Wily right there. Uh, I did found, find a glitch. It's not a very helpful glitch. It actually just uh, softlocks you in the game, but it's called the Undead Frank Glitch. So if you get your health down to one block... And you either like ride a skateboard or you know some type of vehicle into a railing, and as you're falling, you uh, do a bunch of sequence that makes you stand instead of landing on your face. Your health still goes away, but because you land on your feet, you're still alive, and you can literally just walk around. So like areas where you would walk into another part of the building and it would have to load like a new section, you can literally just keep walking and see like all the areas of the screen that have been like not uh not loaded mm-hmm. but i mean you can't really do anything and you'd have to you know reset the game at that point yeah yeah another neat thing about the game was just like how much customization there was to it as far as like the clothing you could wear and stuff like that running through all the different stores and finding all the different clothes you could wear the different weapons you could use skateboards like you mentioned yeah. other forms of of yeah transport be it a, a car or a dirt bike or what have you you could literally get the mega man outfit yeah you could like you would just go into like one of the kids stores or something i want to say and it would be there and what's funny is you said the thing about the clothing you could literally wear any of the clothing in the game so yeah. if you want to wear a dress you could find a dress and put it on mm-hmm. if you want to wear a kid's tee 
or short shorts, go ahead. Yep. You know, it's there for you to. For you to Frank's gut would just stick out the entire time. <laughs> yeah. uh, for the reception of the game, I found out that it was the 33rd best-selling game on the 360. It sold uh, 1.8 million copies. X-Play actually named it the best original game of 2006. And, I mean, it received good scores. IGN gave it an 8.3. GameSpot gave it an 8.4. And Game Informer gave it a 9.25 out of 10. So I enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, I I consider this, like, one of my favorite series on the 360, uh, let alone, I mean, the first game obviously had a lot to improve, but the idea in the whole sandbox mm-hmm. aspect of it was awesome. Um, Chops, did you check out the speedrunning for this? game yeah so when we had done our research i had watched the wrong speedrun um because there's a ton of categories for this game there's one two three four five six uh seven eight nine ten eleven categories for this game uh and that's just new game plus then there's new game which i think has all the same stuff and it's pc and console so the one that i think that glitch had me check out which is the normal run is the time skip speed run am i right on that yeah yeah, yeah. and we have um on pc swede at 27 minutes 18 seconds and they don't count load screens and loading so the time is just gate straight up gameplay um for console it uh there is no record for that and that's a new game plus um on regular new game um for pc E uh, Ecidus or something like that. Uh, ECDYCIS has, has the first place record of 29 minutes 35 seconds. And there's no console records either for this one. So I'm assuming it's because um, probably the Xbox is not load as fast or is not as smooth, maybe. Well, I know um, the. So the category skip, it's like a program. That's what helps them oh, figure out yes. the load times. That's it. Yeah. That's what you were telling me, yeah. I'm surprised that it's only two-minute difference between New Game and New Game Plus because you run so much faster once you level up. Like, it's yeah. brutal it's slow. when you start up It is slow. Game. You are. You, you, can't, you can only hold, like, four items. Yep. You walk so slow, you have no skill moves. You can't do a rolling. You can't do a kick or DDT or anything like that. Yeah, when just... I, last, last year when I booted up uh, Dead Rising 2 on my Xbox One, I remember feeling like, Man, why am I moving so slow? <laughs> I forgot how like how hard the game is to start. Yeah. Did you guys know that this game wasn't a- a- actually released in Germany? Why not? Because of the violence. Really? Yeah. So because of the the graphic nature, uh, it it fell onto like one of their indexing criteria, and um, the uh organization that rates games in germany just refused to rate the game and they also wow. will not uh they won't sell any games that don't have a rating man so they missed was, out uh, it was not made uh made available for players uh, of, of legal age wow that, i mean i'm and not anyone, surprised anyone caught selling the game would be sentenced to imprisonment jeez! Oh, <laughs> and the copies of the games were confiscated by german police that's excessive yeah. The other fun thing is I mentioned before Dawn of the Dead, uh there was a label on the the cover of the game that it had nothing to do with George Romero. I remember Romero's. that. Yeah. Yeah, so they um they actually there was a a lawsuit that they were going to file like hey, zombies in a mall. This is Dawn of the Dead. 
Um, and they, they they basically put up a counter uh, suit saying like, hey, you, like it's 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 too vague of a thing. You can't do this. Not to mention the fact that we put a warning on our game saying that there is no relation between Dead Dead Rising and Dawn of the Dead. Right, but but is there? I mean, in so much as you are, it's supposed to be like a, a cheesy zombie movie in a mall, but there are no story elements that are the same. There are, I mean, yeah, there's, it's, it's two different, as someone who loves the original 1978 version of Dawn of the Dead and loves Dead Rising, like, the, the comparisons stop once you have it, like, oh, I'm fighting zombies in a mall. That's right. it. The entirety of that movie is, is completely different. Different. Even the the 2004 remake, which apparently people love, I was never a huge fan of it. Like I appreciated it because it was a remake, but I just did, I didn't think it was anywhere near as good as the original. Um, and that's the elitist yeah, in me. I'm uh, not a fan of the remake either, especially that zombie baby that yeah gets the born. zombie baby. Oh, oh man, that was yeah, so creepy. That was that was uncomfortable. Oh, the man. only entertaining part to me of of the remake is when they're sniping people on top, like oh get Burt Reynolds and like shooting zombie lookalikes out, you know, in the crowd. Right, right. But overall, I just feel like yeah, it was it was not very good. But apparently, it has a huge following and everybody really likes it. But yeah, it just that's. As far as its relation to Dead Rising, it's it's zombies in a mall, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. So, so they couldn't do a lawsuit, right? They the it fell through. Yeah, the lawsuit was dismissed in October of two thousand eight. So two that's... years after the game came out. <laughs> I mean, uh, the, I think that's pretty uh, fair. Yeah, MKR Group, who owned the copyright to the original Dawn of the Dead and the remake, this didn't. They weren't able to demonstrate any similarities, and. Uh, what is it? Uh, so Capcom said that the the idea of humans battling zombies in a shopping mall is a wholly unprotectable idea. So there's yep. there's your there's your lawsuits. <laughs> All right, there's guys. A mobile version of the game too, which I don't even want to find oh, out. No, no don't even don't even no, no, subject no, no. yourself. Uh, are you guys ready to get into the music? I am. Once we listen to a message from one of our partners. Imagine being stuck in a room for days, far from your friends and family while feeling sick and scared. Now, imagine being in that same room but having access to online gaming, virtual reality, 3D printing, Lego robotics, and the ability to create your own Twitch channel. At CSMOT Children's Hospital, we use video game technology to improve our patients' lives and help them reach their therapeutic goals. But we can't do it without your help. Every device and interaction provided to our patients is paid for by the thoughtful donations of gamers like you. If you want to help, then go to tiltify.com slash mottchildren. That's T-I-L-T-I-F-Y dot com slash M-O-T-T children. There, you can make a one-time donation or, if you're a content creator, learn how to stream for Mott. So if you want to help other gamers like you, please visit tiltify.com slash mottchildren and play for the little victors. Alright, so the music in this game was composed by Hideki Okagua and Marika Suzuki. And overall, it, it isn't super memorable. It was okay. Like there, there's a couple, I mean, it's there's some Mal Muzak uh, type songs that are, that'll that stick out. But, I mean, maybe it's because, I, like I mentioned before, I spent a lot of time listening to my own music while I played this game. Yeah, I have the The, uh, the soundtrack really didn't uh, didn't stick out to me so much. But we, do, we were able to find... Uh, four songs that we enjoyed, uh, so we're going to uh, highlight those for you real quick. We're going to start with Mall Music 2 from Dead Rising. 
good music, you know? Stuff that you would expect to kind of hear in in a mall, I guess. I like it a lot. It's it's I mean it's a it's a jazz song, so of course it's or rather a saxophone song, so Chops is all over it. Absolutely. It's it's a the sultry simple sex song. Mhm. It so almost it's a it, pull, right? Yeah, the sextational pull. That's yep, right. the sextational pull. I don't remember what that's from, but okay. That was from the uh, the Most most recent fan bracket. Yeah. Yeah. With all the songs that had saxophone in it. Oh, yeah, I remember now. Yeah. Uh, So the next one doesn't have any sextational pull. It's uh, Gone Guru, and this song plays when the inmates start showing up uh, in the outside kind of courtyard type area. And until you kill them, every time you go outside, this song plays. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. That was a song I always, because they have guns, they will constantly seek you down and attack you. But that was always a song I remember wanting to get to a safe spot and just listen to the song. Yeah, it's a great song, but it gives me such anxiety. Right. Yeah. yeah. Baron. Baron, you, oh God, here they come. Because <laughs> if you had a survivor, they would just run them over, and they yeah. had that they had that uh, like Gatling gun attached to the back of the jeep and just gun you down. Yeah. And uh, what's silly about it is. You kill them, right? So you, mm-hmm. you get you get up to them, kill them, music stops. So every time you get back in the courtyard, it doesn't play that song. Except they respawn. Oh, geez, I don't remember that. <laughs> so you kill them early enough in the game, and uh, it's like uh, two days later, when you go outside just randomly, do-do, 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 oh. do-do, and I'm like, no, <laughs> they're back. They just run you right down. Oh, that's the worst. Uh, next is I. It's as we were kind of talking, like, what song are we gonna play? Every single one of us picked Mall Music Three. Yep. I feel like this song came back in later Dead Rising games, and to me, this is almost like the unofficial theme to Dead Rising. So let's check out Mall Music Three.
and that loop gets stuck in my head more often than I care to admit. It reminds me of It reminds me of the Mega Man Legends like shop music. A little, a little bit, bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I hear that, that too. I also hear uh, Trailer Park Boys. I don't know if you guys ever watched that show, but I think intro. I tried watching like two episodes. It didn't grab me. It's probably something I need to go back and give another shot. But well, I would Daniel, think you'd be super. My wife Daniel watches it constantly, and uh, the intro reminds me of it. it's not the same, but it that Mega Man Legends uh, song you're talking about it does sound a lot like that one. Mm-hmm. Let's jump into our last song that we're going to listen to from the game. This is uh, Justified. And Glitch, this was one of your picks. Where does this play in the game? I don't recall. This is the credits. So after oh, you beat enough. Brock on the tank. Yeah, that uh, whole last, the overtime section of this game is so weird. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, you you find out that Carlito was trying to, you know, reveal all the larvae into the town. And he had this bomb set up. Um, and he was blocking communication from outside the town. So you and Isabel figure out a way to hack into his computer, save it. You run through the tunnel because Eddie's helicopter crashed into the clock tower, making a tunnel to the outside. Then you run into the head military guy who, for some reason, is like this giant beef with you because you're trying to escape. And you have to go toe-to-toe with him. And then after you defeat him, it does like this marching zombie effect on the screen and this is the song that plays in the background. Sounds like an Evanescence song, but I like I kind of dig it. Yeah, a lot of the songs that have lyrics and have that like nice jamming music, it's all the psychopath fights. But yeah. other than that, like there really isn't that. The soundtrack is just kind of like you know mall music. Yeah, and I mean much most of the show. time you're listening for the zombies that are all around you. There's a lot of shuffling. There's a lot of like moaning and like growling and stuff like that. So the music isn't is, i don't feel like it's supposed to be a highlight of the game by any stretch of the imagination but yeah. no it's just supposed to it's fill the background yeah i remember when i finished this game i got the ending where it showed you all the different outbreaks across the nation thinking it would be really cool if they made some sort of like zombie apocalypse mmo and like logistically the way i'm thinking of it i don't think there's a way that they could make it happen but I thought it would be cool, like, if you just, like, made a character and you live your life. It's like a life sim for the first half of it. And then at some unknown time to everybody, there's an outbreak. And then you have to, like, go from there. I like it. And it, it. would kind of turn into a Dead Rising type game. I like it. 
it sounds cool, but I don't know how you would do it on a on a massive <laughs> scale. Like it doesn't like if if I didn't buy the game day one, do I just not get to have the life sim portion of the game? Like, well, what if yeah, it wasn't an know. MMO? It was just a game where it randomly does that, like a sim game. Yeah, maybe. Copyright Xander. <laughs> well, you gotta mail this episode to yourself to be able to copyright it. Oh, perfect! I will do that. I'll burn it to a disc and then I'll mail it to myself. Perfect. Any so, final thoughts on this game? I think yeah. the I think the game started a a, a pretty great series. I know three kind of tapered off and is kind of mixed reviews on everybody, but four kind of jumped back to to the origins of the of the series. I don't think it was necessarily as good as two. But uh, I think it's a it's a fun series. It's just full of just like goofiness and if you if you're looking for just a good dumb violent time, definitely check out the Dead Rising series. Yeah, and I think and you know a testament to what I imagine the production team having so much fun making this game was all the Easter eggs. Because if you think about it, you know they can develop a game, make it fun, make it you know difficult, whatever. But if the development team has enough time to want to put the soul of Capcom into mm-hmm. a game and you know hide so many things like that, that means that they had such a fun time making this game. And it, I think it shows. Yeah. I mean, we didn't mention it in our other Easter eggs, but some of the, the moves that you unlock by leveling up, you get the double lariat, which is a Zangief move where you throw your arms out and you just spin and take out as many zombies as you can. You get a flash kick from Guile. Like, yeah. <laughs> There's there's a lot of dumb just like small references that if you don't I mean it's not like you're missing out by not knowing the origin of but if you do it's just another like great like oh thanks Capcom thanks for reminding me about why you've just been in my life for the entirety of it or maybe that's just me and what a big Capcom nerd I am who knows Chops, Chops. do you have any parting thoughts other than you don't really care for the game <laughs> um, I think it's a fun game I don't remember it as deeply as you do guys do but I like zombie games. I like just pointless killing games to fill the gap there. And um, this is a well-done game that I think people will enjoy. But I agree, it's very slow um, compared to the rest of them. We're kind of spoiled by the fir- the later installments. Mm-hmm. So I'd you say you can play ones? this, but go to number two. What's that? Did you play any of the other ones? I played two, a little bit of two, and a little bit of three. Fair enough. But not four, and I don't remember much of the other two, but I do remember the controls being a little bit better in two. I'm surprised you played three since it was an Xbox exclusive. Um, I, I don't think I owned it. I think I may have played it at a friend's house. Fair enough. All right. Well, with that being said, let's uh, jump into our uh, Retro Rewind, shall we? Ready to go back in time? It's Retro Rewind. Grand Theft Auto 3. Now get into CDI, starting at $2.99. Say it. Suck it up! bikes to trains to video games. The Nintendo Entertainment System. Now you're playing with power. So we're looking back this time at August 2006, right, guys? Yep. <laughs> we should just make go back and edit that into the into the intro that we made for this. <laughs> So uh, let's uh, let's start with Chops. What do you have for us? What's going on in August 2006? So uh, there wasn't a ton of stuff that I could find that was not sports related because I just I'm not a big fan of sports, so I don't like to 
push on them too much. Um, but I did see on August 8th, which is pretty close to when this game came out, Sylvester Stallone um, settled a lawsuit with former heavyweight boxing contender Chuck Wepner uh, uh, of an un- for an undisclosed sum because uh, Wepner claimed that, that his he- life. What? I claim that Rocky was based on his life. Yeah, that's what I was going to say before you interrupted me. Oh, sorry. <laughs> cool, I'll move on to my next one then. Um, <laughs> Is that the one where the ducks attacked and Fabio was on the roller coaster? Sure. Um, did you know that... I need uh, to, Sorry, to oh cut my, you off, I need my to let Danielle God. mention that on the episode. Because she <laughs> loves that Fabio got hit in the face by a goose. Dude, I secretly love Fabio. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> You guys done yet? Oh, done? Was was Fabio done when he got hit by that goose chop? Listen, I'm just going to leave this episode. <laughs> On August 31st, a famous painting was was um, recovered that had been missing since August 22nd of 2004. Do you know what painting it was? It's got to be a Fabio hit, getting hit by a goose, right? It is not. Is it uh, Rocky? No. No, I don't know. It's the Scream. The Scream painting apparently oh. was stolen in 2004, and they couldn't find it for two years. But my biggest thing I want to bring up, and, and I don't care if you interrupt me, because you're not going to kill me for this. Um, August 20th, 2006, was the 19th SummerSlam for wrestling. And in that SummerSlam, Hulk Hogan wrestled his last match in WWE history against Randy the Legend Killer Orton. Other well-known wrestling matches were Triple H and Shawn Michaels against Vince and Shane McMahon. You had um, King Booker against Batista. And Edge against John Cena, where Edge wins by pinfall by hitting Cena in the back of the head with brass knuckles. Neat. This SummerSlam was packed. So, like, I really recommend people um, going and watching the SummerSlam because it was really good. I think it's uh, it's it's really interesting the Hulk Hogan versus Randy Orton thing of like how wrestling has gone. I feel like they used to have like these really cool and interesting like character names, and now they just go by like their names. Yes, yes. Since I'm assuming Randy Orton won that match. Um, I don't know. I'm, well, I'm assuming he does, did because he, I, yeah, he. I think he does because he gets the. That's where he gets the title, Legend Killer. Fair enough. Yeah. Then, yeah. Then I. It's just very indicative of the whole WWE. Like, it used to be so interesting. Like, you know, Jimmy Superfly Snooker and Jake the Snake Roberts, all those, and now it's just like, oh, this is Tom. Yeah, but you just said their name with one word in between their last and their first name. Yeah, but they How much character. more different like, is that than just their name? Than just, like, Randy Orton? Hi. All right, sorry. Hulk Hogan? Yeah? Is the Ultimate Warrior? Like, all these, like, sweet names? Yeah, I'm just saying, there were sweet names, but but you you gave examples of people with regular names. <laughs> Rowdy Roddy more... Piper. There you go. There's one for you. Yeah, but that sounds like a character, like, just more so than John Cena. Edge. Yeah, anyway. Sabu. Glitch, what, what, what do you got? Uh, so I got a bunch of games that were released in August 06. So for the PC, we got Fear Combat. Oh, man. Did you I, ever play I, that game? 
I did. I it was uh that was around the time that I had built a a gaming PC, the last one before I built my my most recent one. And uh the girl I was dating at the time got it for me even though she didn't like any kind of like anything really. She was a real fun sucker. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, she got me that, and I remember playing it. And there were certain points in the game where I just literally had to stop playing because it was oh, yeah. so creepy. I remember I put the the first time I played the game, it was like at midnight, and I played oh, it for man. an hour. And I literally after the first stage, I had to turn the game off because I couldn't do it. It was unsettling. Yeah, there. I remember just there was at one point where you're walking down a hallway, and all of a sudden the lights turn out and they turn back on, and you're like waist deep in blood. I was like, okay, no, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta chill. But I, I've, I've now that I have my new PC, I kind of want to like find it when it's on sale on Steam sometime and give it another shot and see if I can make it all the way through. Yeah, uh, Chops, you like this one? Madden NFL 07 came out on all platforms. Yeah, yeah, real big sports fan. Uh, there was a remake of Ghostbusters, the original Ghostbusters, like not the, like, not the remake where they added a story and you played like a fifth. No, the NES the version, right? This was like of the original game with the tower why, and why would they do the that? steps i don't know uh ultimate spider-man came out in japan on the ps2 Ooh. samurai Dude, ultimate spider-man for ds was actually a sweet game <laughs> i never played it for the ds but i played the play- ps2 version yeah ps2 that's the one i had uh samurai warriors 2 came out on the 360 on the ds in japan they got final fantasy 3 and then in North America on the 360, we got Saints Row in August. Oh, wow. Yes. So you got Saints Row and Dead Rising. I think that's a good combo. So Saints Row is a game I've never played, but my buddy Tank played a lot of it. And I remember he would bring it over to uh, to Craig's when we would play uh, D&D in his parents' basement. And he would, like, jump in online and play online matches. And we would just be transfixed watching him play this game. <laughs> and every time somebody dies, it would just pop up, you got smoked. <laughs> <laughs> What's crazy about Saints Row, and I know we'll do an episode on this later because I played the game, you know, to its entirety, is the storyline. It, it uh, it's really good for a, like an open world kind of Grand Theft Auto type game. Hmm. So that was the big surprise on that one. Um, and then Xander, what did you get? For so August? I uh, I rounded out the the media side and I pulled up uh, some movies that were released in two thousand six. Uh, the top song of two- August 2006 and top TV shows at the time. All right. So let's start with uh, TV shows. So the top, let's, let's go through the top 10, I suppose. Is Heroes uh, on there? Heroes is not in the top 10, but it was going, it was uh, 23rd mm. at that time. Um, the first two kind of, it's a cheat because they're both American Idol, but it was like the Wednesday and the Tuesday edition. Oh, yeah. And then third was Dancing with the Stars, but they somehow grouped those all the same, even though those were multiple days. So a lot of just, like, bad reality shows. And then you get <laughs> uh, CSI, Grey's Anatomy, House, Desperate Housewives, and CSI Miami. Oh, God, that sounds like a terrible list right yeah, there. Yeah, that's awful. Except yeah, for House. So if we go further down, some other notable titles uh, that were really popular in, in 2006, you had Two and a Half Men. Nope. Uh, a show just called Shark. I don't remember that, but apparently that was the 20th most popular, along with 60 Minutes. Okay. Uh, Lost Heroes, uh, Extreme Makeover Home Edition, ER, 24, King of Queens. So, not that fascinating. The top song of uh, basically half of July all the way through September. So, July 15th to September 2nd 
was the same song. Do you guys have any guesses of what was popular in the summer of 2006? Where were you guys in the summer of 2006? 2006. Probably working at Best Buy and taking a break from community college. Nice. I was working at Circuit City. (laughs) I was at Kroger working uh, to get paid for college. Were any of you listening to Promiscuous by Nelly Furtado featuring Timbaland? Nope. <laughs> Definitely wasn't. I was because I looked That's in the car audio department. I like that song. Is uh, Lady Gaga on there? Uh, so I'm was, looking at, that was her prime or not. Through all of 2006, let's see, it starts with Chris Brown's Run It, and then it goes to Stick With You by uh, Pussycat Dolls, then Check On It by Beyonce, So Sick For One Week by Neo. Be Without You, Mary J. Blige, Temperature by Sean Paul. I hate that song. It's right, Temperature, to make the fish uh, run no, no, thanks. No, I hate that song. <laughs> uh, then SOS by Rihanna. Then Temperature again by Sean Paul. <laughs> came back. Then uh, Shakira's Hips Don't Lie. Ooh. Buttons by the Pussycat Dolls. Sexy Back, Justin Timberlake. Far Away by Nickelback. Back. Lips of an Angel by Hinder. That song sucked, too. Uh, My Love by Justin Timberlake and Irreplaceable ended the year. To the left, to the left, everything you own in a box to the left. First rule of Beyonce. August 2006 for movies. Let me tell you about them. I had the most fun I've ever had in a movie theater in August of 2006. On August 18th, when Snakes on a Plane came out. Oh, you went to the theater and saw that? I was there opening night for Snakes on a Plane. I saw it in the theater, too. I saw it in the theater with um, Deadite, I think. I went and saw it with uh, Arcade Phantom. Well, maybe it wasn't Deadite. I don't know. There there was an old uh, comic. I can't even remember. I think it was called Overcompensating. And the first time I ever saw that webcomic, it was it was the dude, like, walking into his refrigerator. It's the middle of the night. He's just, he's, like, wearing his pajamas. And he opens the uh, opens his refrigerator. And he goes, Andrew W.K.? What are you doing in my in my refrigerator? And it cuts to Andrew WK crumpled up in this guy's fridge going, partying? <laughs> I was like, okay, this is a pretty great comic. I need to keep reading this. And eventually he stumbled on the fact that there was a movie coming out starring Samuel L. Jackson just, that was just called Snakes on a Plane. And then the internet caught wind of it and it just like caught on fire. And I was totally in the internet hype for this movie. So I went and saw it day one. And just, I mean, the, the entire theater was in on it. Like, Oh, it was great. It was a, yeah, it's, it's a perfect movie to see in a theater. Yeah, it's a dumb, bad movie, but boy, is it fun to watch. <laughs> I've, I've watched, I own it on DVD, and I've watched it with like other people since then, and it's never the same reaction or feel. It isn't. I actually, so a friend of mine had a uh, a ball python, and she was going to go to Germany for like six weeks. She asked me to watch her snake while she while she was gone, and I did, and I took it out of its cage, and we watched snakes on a plane together. It was awesome. So I've watched Snakes on a Plane with a Snake. Uh, but enough of that. We also had The Illusionist. Came out the same day, August 18th. Talladega Nights, Ballad of Ricky Bobby, came out earlier that month. Nice. Dragon Ball Z, Wrath of the Dragon, was Ooh. released. Uh, Little Man, starring the Wayans Brothers. You guys, guys remember that one? God. <laughs> nope. World Trade Center with Nicolas Cage. That was in the top grossing? But not t- these are just movies that came out in August. Oh, they came out in August, okay. Uh, Step Up was released. Crank with Jason Statham. Brother Bear 2. Beer Fest. 
Not a not a whole lot of great ones after uh, Snakes on a Plane. But uh, yeah. great. Snakes on a Train also came out because there always has to be a uh, a cheesy knockoff of the cheesy knockoffs. Right. But. Cool. Well, that's all I got. That's all we have for uh, for fun media stuff that came out. Well, let's um let's get into our music bracket, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, what do we got this week? So this week we have the infamous or just famous, the beloved Super Mario Brothers World One One or Overworld or Athletic Theme, whatever you want to call it. When you think of Mario, you think of this song, composed by, of course, the legendary Koji Kondo. Let's take a listen. surprised if you're able to play this song for somebody and they not know what this song is maybe a baby or toddler maybe not my babies or toddlers they'll know i should probably teach helen this (laughs) probably probably should so anyway this is going up against another heavy hitter this is donkey kong country 2 is it a heavy quest well i mean arguably we'll find out as the polls go on uh, so I mean, it's these, made it this far. So yeah. So from Donkey Kong Country Two, this is Sticker Brush or Sticker Bush Symphony, depending on who you ask, composed by David Wise. this song i just wish it started up faster <laughs> yeah it doesn't get going right away it's a yeah. great song it's something that i i could definitely just like i have a hard time muting us as we as we're listening 
because I do really enjoy the song. It just I if the drums would kick in like a minute sooner, yeah, I feel like this would be a much more enjoyable track. Not to say that it's not an enjoyable track, but it's a hard course. song to to have to turn off mid play because I mean the stages aren't short, so you you know you make it through the entire track of the song. Yeah, but yeah, it's uh it's one of the downsides of us, you know, having to have a time limit for these episodes because I know that we definitely gone over today's episode. No, oh, for sure. So, um, yeah, that's our that's our music bracket for this week. Now, we are having some technical difficulties with Facebook. Polls have, like, disappeared, slash who knows what's going on with those. So, right now, you've got three ways to get a vote in. You can go to our Twitter page, which is Legend of Retro GZ. Uh, you can go to our uh, Discord, or if you are a patron member or Patreon subscriber of $1 or more, you get an additional vote, uh, vote through Patreon. Um, all of those votes are tallied to figure out who the winner is. If Facebook ever starts cooperating and letting us have polls again, we'll throw that back up because that's usually where a lot of our votes come in. Yeah. But uh, that's just going to make you guys come to Discord. Vote yeah. on Twitter. You know, or There are other Patreon. options. Yeah, because yeah. uh, I mean, we offer a lot on Patreon. So if you go to GameZilla or Patreon.com slash GameZilla Media, uh, we have two different tiers. We have the $1 tier, like Xander mentioned, where you get that additional vote. And you also get a uh, show brought to you by GameZilla Media called State of the Zilla, which is an hour-long show presented by different members of GameZilla Media where we talk about whatever topic we feel like. Chops has done one about comic books. We've done all sorts of different stuff, toys, just very you know nostalgic stuff. But um, if you're generous enough to be a $5 member, you get so much content. From us, Legend of Retro, you get a bonus episode once a month called Game Shark, where we talk about other retro gaming items rather than just one specific game for an entire episode. Um, but what's the bo- the bonus of being a member of Patreon is you get stuff from all the different shows. So you get everything from Noobs and Dragons, which is our D&D show, Gamezilla Podcast, which is our current gaming podcast, um, Noiseland Arcade, which is our Simpsons podcast, and Last Action Podcast, which is all about action movies. Um, I do want to give a shout-out. We had a new patron join so, Steven, thank you so much for joining uh, Patreon at GameZilla Media. Don't worry. worry, it's not me paying for Steven to get a Patreon account. Is it Steven stealing money from you to I, get a Patreon account? I plead the fifth. Fair enough. You haven't noticed $5 a month coming out of your uh, account unknowingly? I, I haven't looked, but I guess I'll have to check now. You probably should. <laughs> Oh, well. Any last thoughts, gentlemen, before we uh, we call it a week and call it an episode? Yeah. Uh, I hate you, Facebook. Go back to the way you were so we can post polls. There you go. I'm good with that. We might have to put an asterisk next to the uh, the winner of this current bracket. But halfway through, almost exactly halfway through, something, <laughs> something horrible happened. And uh, we don't know if we actually have the real winner, but... That's going to do it for us this week at the Legend of Retro Podcast. Thanks so much for listening to us and uh, jump on to wherever you listen to us. Rate and subscribe, or rate, subscribe, give us a review, let us know how we're doing. Jump in the Discord, talk to us there. Every single week we're talking about all kinds of nerdy stuff in there. Uh, if you have any suggestions for the show, let us know. We want to hear from you. So uh, jump on there and talk to us. And we will catch you all next time when the legend continues. continues.